don't know if I'm ready. I didn't even look at my notes. <laughs> make it up as we go along. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. Uh, in a lot of a lot of different ways, this show has been a really long time in the making, and I say that probably every other episode. Um, I have uh, two fantastic people, uh, one fantastic brewery, um, and a whole bunch of things to talk about within that. We're at Third Eye on a nice, quiet Monday. I've not been in this brewery when it's this quiet and calm uh, since the last time we did a podcast here, which was uh, either... Were you guys open yet, or was it right before you opened, or right after you opened? I think it was right after we had opened. It was right after opening, yeah. uh, but it was a day where you guys were closed, it was quiet and calm, and uh, ever since then, it's been chaotic and, um, uh, I mean, amazing, but chaotic in here. <laughs> this is this is nice. <laughs> it's relaxing. <clears throat> Tom and Kelly, welcome to the show. Uh, Kelly, you haven't been on the show since 2017, I think we were talking about before we, uh, we hit the record button here. Uh, it's been very long. Yeah, I was thinking about that. You've it's uh, been it's up been to a, a few things. It's been a really long time. <laughs> the uh, the world has changed immensely uh, since that time. Uh, I'll even go as far as say craft beer in Cincinnati has changed uh, immensely since that time. And um, and and here you are in in some ways doing things a whole lot differently than what you were then, and in a lot of ways doing things exactly the same as you were then, um, just with uh, lots of uh, flashy things around you. There's like smoothies and like uh, slushy machines and stuff. Now uh, that didn't exist in 2017 as far as beer. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's, the market's uh, definitely changed. And, uh, but at the same time, there is a. Uh, uh, you guys still have the Pilsner on tap here, right? That's, is that up there? The, yeah, we've uh, got uh, the Pilsner on tap. There's still a Pilsner on tap. There's Kolsch. an English Mild on tap. There's uh, a barley wine on tap. Like there's, there are uh, all of the things that we would expect that we expected then still just going strong. It's uh, craft beer is weird, you guys. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. It's a very long intro that uh, um, we have so many things to talk about. So Third Eye, the last time we sat down and talked to you guys uh, was right after you guys were opening. Uh, we were in the middle of uh, COVID. We didn't understand how in the middle of COVID we were and what that meant and and what it what it meant for all of this. But um, you guys, you guys made it. <laughs> well, we did. That's good. Um, uh, how talk about how that changed things for you guys opening in the middle or, or did it really change things? Was it just kind of flying by the seat of your pants and that's kind of what it is for everybody always. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if there's a question there somewhere. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, I think a lot of times, you know, kind of reflecting back, you know, people will ask us like, man, I can't believe you guys opened in June of 2020, you know, and you know, it was one of those things where, you know, we were already on a schedule and it was kind of like, well, it wasn't optimal for us, but you didn't really have a choice. Well, yeah, right? well, in a place like this, you can't just stop it. Like you can't just you exactly. can't put the brakes on it. It's got to keep going. Exactly. So, you know, we rolled with it and did, you know, everything we could and all of the guidelines and things that we, you know, but we learned a lot through that process. And quite frankly, you know, one of the things I feel like we didn't get, you know, when back in that time when a, when a new brewery would open, it was just mass chaos, you know. Things were a little more reserved, I think, during COVID to do that. But for us, it was great because it kind of felt like we had a bit of a soft opening that allowed us to kind of work out the kinks and really kind of make sure that the level of service, anything from the beer to the food and all that sort of thing was really kind of, you know, a little bit more controlled and not so chaotic. So right. that actually kind of, I think, helped us a little bit. And I think one of the uh, big things, and I, I think it was kind of a happy, you know, COVID coincidence or consequence there is it forced us to get into canning way earlier than we would have liked. Um, we, we didn't have canning really on the slate, but with COVID and being afraid to shut down, uh, you know, that would possibly be our only sales outlet. So we moved into canning a lot faster. How than fast did that happen? I, was it six months we were canning? I don't even think it was that long because I think it was like November. Cause I, I remember, cause again, when we opened, it was summer. 
people still felt a little bit comfortable. We thought we were coming out of it. (laughs) We thought we were coming out of it. And, and, you know, we have a lot of good outdoor space here in indoor outdoor. So the summer seemed pretty good, but then when it got cold in the fall, you know, there was debt and then COVID was back on the rise. I think we started to see a couple of quite frankly, sobering weeks of, wow, this is going to be a long winter. Right. And that's when I think it was around November, October, November, when we really started making plans to say, Hey, let's, let's kind of accelerate this. Has that, and this is just an opinion thing, but do you think that that's changed the way places are going to open now? Like when you open, you have to like, you've got to be prepared for these other kind of sales outlets to exist. Like you can't just open and say, Oh yeah, we'll just, we'll sell beer out of our tap room. That'd be fine. Like you have to kind of, at least in the back of your mind, be like, okay, if, if something happens and people aren't in our tap room, we have to still be able to sell beer. Like yeah. I think for a long time, like that didn't, that wasn't even in people's minds. It's like, Oh, no, our tap rooms where we're going to sell it. Like, yeah. I think, I think it's, uh, it's gotta be scary for some of those guys that are getting ready to start things now is that you have to, you gotta, you gotta be hitting things on different, different sides, even from day one. Yeah. With, um, you know, a, a few years ago to, to buy a candy machine might cost a hundred thousand or more, unless you could find something used and it was generally maybe quite old and, uh, you'd have to do quite a bit of work on it. But in the last couple of years, there's some very affordable, really nice candy machines out there. So the smaller brewery, I think does, does have a shot at, you know, maybe getting a candy line for 25 instead of a hundred thousand. So it's not as far out of the realm, you know, now as it might've been a couple of years ago. Right. So I think that, makes it a little easier for a new brewery. Well, and, and, and so they changed a couple laws in the middle of COVID. Like you can, you can work with other breweries to package stuff now with not, not, not like a contract kind of thing, but you can just send your product and they can package it for you. Does that still exist? Or is that, is that Um, something that was just during COVID? I was just during COVID. I believe that that exemption is uh, no longer valid. That's lame. (laughs) That would be nice for somebody that was small getting ready to start. (laughs) I think, I think the other one too was, you know, again, because people were using the outside space that they had a lot of ordinances and things where you could kind of extend and rope off larger areas. And again, I, I'm not sure if that's still in effect, but I know, I know it's like parking lots and stuff like you could. Yeah. 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 But that might've only been through the end of 22. Actually, we probably need to look at that. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of people that might need to look at that. Uh, you know, the, I hope that like, if anything positive, can, and this is not a, a COVID show, we're not going to sit here and talk about COVID the whole time. But I think if, if anything positive came out of all of that, it's, it's showing that you can kind of, you can do things a little differently like that. You can, you know, Dora districts can become a thing and you're not going to have, you know, just drunk people running around town, you know, causing all kinds of hell. You can, you can let people, extend their space, even if it's just for a special event or something without going through all the, the red tape of some kind of really complicated license to do it. And it's not going to, the world won't burn down. It'll just be good for more people. And I, I hope that, uh, hope that that's kind of clear now coming out of all knock on wood coming out of all of this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, um, I, I always hesitate to say that there's good that came from, from COVID, but, um, I think, you know, aside from, from the obvious downsides of it and the, the, the negative of it, uh, um, there's some stuff there that I think that long-term will, will be good for this industry and for the people in it. Uh, all right. So you guys, you're, we have, we have a lot to talk about you guys. We, everybody knows you guys are opening a, a large new facility in Hamilton, a production facility. We obviously need to talk about that. You guys snuck a little gym in there for us recently that there is another tap room too, that is in the works. We got to talk about that a little bit, <laughs> but let's, let's start with Hamilton. Talk about uh, coming from this uh, into a new spot in Hamilton, how that decision happens when that decision happens, that clearly that's something that, you guys need. Um, uh, let's let's start there. When when did that become clear that this was not going to be enough for what you guys had planned? Yeah, I, I would say probably twelve months into this, we had completely maxed out our capacity in Sharonville. So was that a surprise? It it was for me. I was I was kind of expecting you know business plan. We we were thinking we'd do 700 barrels and we were doing 1500 and we were just completely out of space and we still had what we thought was a lot of demand still. So, right. 
Um, and I, I think we've got a lot of great, great ideas for some beers that kind of got put on the back burner. Just, you know, this place was so busy, just kind of keeping up with the flagships. So it'll be nice, Hamilton, to have a lot more tanks. Also have the tanks here and uh, kind of open up the playbook a little bit. So, uh, and we don't have to go too deep into this of, uh, of you coming here from, from your previous spot, but I, my assumption is a big part of it is that growth potential of something like this versus what, what, what they were and not to take away from that, that model either. But, um, was it in the back of your head as you're coming in here that like, yeah, we could, we could do this and then keep going with this and something bigger. Yeah, um, I think that was, you know, I sat down with uh, another one of the business partners, Schaefer, and, uh, you know, we just kind of, you know, I've, I've seen this scenario before where you're 12 months in and you're maxed out of capacity and then you need to have a plan. And uh, just talking with the other partners, you know, if we are maxed out in 12 months, what's the plan? And I thought Third Eye had a really good plan and uh, that was you know, part of, part of the reason that, uh, you know, for the switch. So, um, I thought we had a really good plan and, uh, and, you know, we're taking those steps, uh, as you can see. So even, even with COVID thrown in the middle of all, (laughs) (laughs) we like a challenge. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, talk about the decision to go to Hamilton versus just trying, I mean, I don't know that you can really kind of add on to what you guys have here at all. There's no way to kind of expand here on site. It's, you have to do something else. Uh, why Hamilton? Um, why? Why? Either one of you. I mean, I would say, you know, we were looking around at different places around the city as we thought about this and kind of looking at expansion. And Hamilton is just exploding. I mean, there's so much good stuff going on there. Um, you know, with the spooky nook going in there, you're seeing, you know, more and more businesses kind of coming into that area. And it's a little bit of kind of what happened here in Sharonville. When we were working with the city here, they had, they had a really nice vision of what they wanted to do. And they saw us as a part of that vision and they've been super great to work with here. And we're seeing a lot of the same thing with Hamilton, Hamilton, you know, they've got, they've got big plans for the city and they've been great to work with. So we just, we felt like that was a great great location for us. And it's, and it's far enough away here from, from here that we can really kind of target some different areas in the city. Well, and very different than what, what it was here when you guys opened, uh, there's like this, this really great craft beer scene happening in Hamilton without a lot of breweries still. I mean, municipal was doing amazing, uh, but again, uh, just maxed out and just trying to, trying to keep up with what, what's, what's happening. And uh, there's this, the, the, a lot of space there for a few. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a f- more than a few. There's there's a lot of space there for several breweries to exist there, and uh, it seems crazy to me that more places haven't uh, jumped onto that uh, yet. And I, I I assume that eventually I'm sorry. Right, that's enough, guys. <laughs> I assume there's gonna be some other places that are like, okay, we're coming now, and uh, uh, eventually it's gonna get all right. Yeah slow down <laughs> but like it it surprised me for for a long time that other places weren't uh jumping on it as quickly as i, I thought they should but uh, maybe that's uh, a little biased because i live right down the street in fairfield so <laughs> it's gonna be very Perfect. convenient for me you guys are taking over uh i'm gonna i'm gonna call it the old pepsi plant but that's not like it's not an accurate description of what this building really is like it sounds like a just a kind of a boring warehouse like it's it's a cool space yeah uh you guys are coming into that and uh tell us kind of what that's gonna look like or what it's gonna feel like for people well we've got um the space itself, I mean, again, we've got a whole production section of the building that we're going to have there. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Kelly, but it's probably about 10,000 square feet, 11,000 square feet of of space for production. So, yep. and storage, which is something we're desperately <laughs> lacking here, uh, which is great. Um, but then there's also going to be a tap room on the front side of that that is around 6,000 6, square feet, too, which will also have another kitchen, just like we have here. And, you know, bar and all that sort of thing. So, I mean, it's, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of room for us to have kind of a, a nice open space, uh, in, in the tap room. And then that's really what we're focused on right now. Uh, but we've actually got some space, actually, there's, there's another 
underneath the, the, the tap room area or what's going to be the tap room, we've got another space that we're going to be using, you know, primarily, I think, for, for some barrel aging and, and some of that. But we, we also think about that in a phase two of, of right. bringing that into another, another space or another environment. Well, barrel aging is one of those things here in this space. It seems like, uh, to me, as an outsider, you guys were like, oh, yeah, we like barrels. We should put those somewhere. <laughs> so you just no, we put them exactly in the only the place the we had. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much about the only place we got left. <laughs> I love it. Like I, there's and uh, I, I see that from a, a lot, almost every brewery. Like when they get into barrel aging, they just kind of end up right there. It's like, oh yeah, we we really like barrel aged beer. <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> That's funny. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Hamilton come together. Uh, the vibe is probably going to be similar to what we have here in Sharonville. It's, uh, uh, kind of that eclectic, uh, still kind of open and, uh, uh, I don't want to speak for you guys, but a similar vibe. Yeah, I think, I think we want to, we want it to have a third eye vibe kind of thing, but we don't want it to be a cookie cutter either. So we're, you know, we are looking at some different things as far as the layout, just some of the, you know, kind of how it comes to life. Right. Uh, one of the things I actually forgot to mention was also we will have a separate actual kind of party room attached to this kind of thing. So accommodates probably about 50 or so, 50 right. or 60 people kind of thing. So, which will also be kind of a nice, it, it, you can truly have that as a private event. So we do have people who book a lot of things here, but it is more of an open tap room right. kind of that we have. So, um, what is the, the, if you could describe the third eye vibe to somebody, what, what is that? I mean, I, I look at it as kind of we're, we're a little bit kind of, it, it's kind of a little bit of the psychedelic, you know, again, we, we kind of play off of the third eye, right? You know, right. your mind's eye, you know, we always kind of say it's, you know, it's about accessing that, that mind's eye that allows you to see the world through a new lens and new perspectives. And we joke around saying we're helping people get there one pint at a time. So, you know, I, I think having a little bit of that kind of, it's a little bit of that kind of psychedelic and kind of having fun with that, but it's also, we want it to be a place that just, you know, we, we've always wanted to, everyone's welcome. And this is like kind of whatever your vibe is, you know, we want to, we want to be able to accommodate that. Well, that's it. To me, it just, it works very well for, for everybody. I've, I've been to some breweries, uh, not necessarily locally, but I've been to breweries that kind of have some kind of, uh, psychedelic kind of, uh, vibe to them that a lot of people kind of feel a little uncomfortable. There's, uh, maybe, a lot of weed smoke outside the door when you uh, walk out to your car, you know, things like that. <laughs> you know, it's, there's a, uh, it's a joke guys. And nobody yeah. is doing that in a place where you cannot legally do it. Um, but you know, it, it becomes so far one direction that it alienates a different side of what people are. And I think that uh, third eye kind of sits right in that beautiful middle space of, yeah, there's, there's some psychedelic stuff there's, you know, uh, but it, 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 it's it's just a straight up comfortable. Just, I, we we kind of go to the hippie side of the the psychedelic, where it's like you know, it's just peace, love, happiness. You know, we just kind of like having that kind of just welcoming vibe. I yeah. Guess, kind of. If if you're a uh, if you're a sports loving middle American dude that just wants to grab a taco on a Tuesday and and uh, and, and a beer. Uh, this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not going to feel yeah. out of place too. Like it's, yeah. it's, it, it just, it's, it's comfortable. And I, uh, um, I really appreciate that as a, as a beer drinker, that's a hard thing to do to have a personality as a tap room. Um, but also be comfortable for everybody. I think yeah. a lot of places kind of miss out on that. Uh, we should talk about some beer because we're drinking beer and that this is a beer show after all. Uh, that's the wrong button. It's this one. From the beer there fridge. it is. Um, and this is before we get into the, the hard hitting questions about mystery tap room number three. Uh, I'm drinking, uh, English mild. One of my all time favorite beer styles by far. And definitely one of my favorite beers that you guys do here. Um, I freaking love this thing. What is this called? Uh, 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 groovy baby, Uh, groovy baby. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about this beer. Uh, how does this fit into modern craft beer or does it, do people still get this? Is this something that, uh, uh, you don't see them around a a lot, maybe maybe more in Cincinnati than, than I think other cities, maybe it's a, it's a tough style. Um, it's not one that particularly sells well. I think just, just, uh, my brewing history on that particular style, I, I think there's a little bit of a, a following that, you know, they come in, get a English mild, 
I don't think it particularly sells well. It's, uh, but it's, it's such a great beer. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like that forgotten thing. There's 20 things on the menu and, uh, you know, sometimes it, it gets lost in the cracks, but when someone just, you know, grabs one, then that, that becomes their favorite beer as soon as they have it. It's Is just it? getting somebody to try it. And, uh, cause you know, a lot of people haven't had one or had a good one. And, uh, once, once they have it, then that's kind of their go-to beer or if they're, you know, if they're going to be here a while, that's, you know, it's low ABV. It's, it's an all day beer. Great for, you know, your sports beer, sports ball beer. Uh, well, I think so many people think that, uh, if you, if you need to find something that you can session all day or at the end of the day or whatever that, that thing is where you think you need a, a you know, a lower rate, lower ABV beer, people lean towards lighter beers. Oh, what's, what's the lightest thing you have? What's, you know, and it's, uh, you don't have to have a light beer to kind of satisfy that side of, of drinking. Like this is, uh, is full. It's big bodied. It's nutty. It's malty. It's just, it's, 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 it's delicious, but it's also lower ABV. So you can have more of them in the day. And I, it, it always surprises me that more people, haven't latched onto it as a style. Um, yeah, I mean, for a low ABV beer, it's just packed full of flavor. I mean, just packed. There's so much flavor in a just tiny beer. It's uh, one of my favorite styles. Let's and, not call uh, it a tiny beer. That makes it seem... Uh, <laughs> it's it's Because it's, there is that, like, there's that really great body to it. Like, it's, it's a... Uh, I Especially when you're eating dinner and like man i just i love the style so much it's underappreciated yeah i mean maybe we just convert it to a 15 percent recipe and throw in a barrel you know <laughs> i think i think that would change things a little bit <laughs> I, I will say one of the things i love about it is i have a few friends that are actually you know from the uk and when they come in and have that they are they're like that is spot on and you know it, it really is you know it, it it's a great great style it's it's great it, it like it it, it does kind of take things back to that other side of, of drinking. I mean, maybe that's a, 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 you know, European kind of culture thing where you just kind of go to the pub and grab beers and just drink all day. And as Americans, we want to do things bigger and bolder and whatever. But um, I like that side of drinking, I like that cultural thing. And we've kind of maybe lost a little bit of that with craft beer, uh, this idea of just being bigger and bolder. <laughs> Speaking of bigger and bolder, what are you guys drinking? I assume you guys are not drinking English I'm, Miles with me. I'm drinking. I mean, we we have the the barley wine, the barrel aged barley wine on tap right now. So, I mean, that's my favorite style, bar none. That uh, shouldn't be a surprise for anybody that knows you. <laughs> you know, that's that's. I I mean, I I love that style. So uh, we happen to have a You know, it's the season for it. We just tapped it last weekend. So As I say, um, you guys just had a big release for barley wine. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna be drinking that until I think we've got one more keg of it and. Drinking that so it's gone. <laughs> you didn't stash a little bit back in the back just so you can... Just oh, pull. There might be, there might be a little it stash. is called Kelly's private stash. <laughs> it's, it should always be a keg back there. You can just pull your own pine off of. We're not counting that. <laughs> uh, what are you drinking? I've got the third IPA, so our yeah. West Coast. So every, every end of the drinking spectrum sitting here right now. And, yeah, and and again, I, I appreciate and love all the beers, you know, I, many different styles, but if you... If, if you have a gun to my head and I've got one last beer to drink, it's probably going to be a West Coast IPA. Is that hard to kind of, as as a business, when you look at that that tap list, you guys have a lot of taps, so it, it should, in theory, make it easier. But to, to keep things split up and keep an English Mild on or a Pilsner or a Barley Wine, you know, some of these are things that maybe aren't, aren't selling as well as an IPA and not to fill that up with, you know, milkshake IPAs and New England IPAs and West Coast IPAs. Is that hard? It's yeah, it's tough. Um, so we, we kind of think about it though. I mean, you have, you have your loggers, even, you know, almost Kolsch, your, your hybrid loggers uh, that, you know, that might be 40% of our sales. IPAs might be 40%. And then literally everything else on the menus, the other 20%. Right. Uh, just kind of slow movers, uh, which is, which is fine. It's great. It's, uh, and it helps us keep a variety of tap on. Everybody sucks up the, the loggers and IPAs and the other stuff kind of hang out a little bit. 
does uh does the growth into distro and um into selling your beer outside of this tap or more does that change kind of the things that you guys are making or uh is this still kind of uh, from a mindset of what do we make is it still kind of tap room focus we want to have a little bit of everything and try to uh try to keep things split i think i think we do want to you know, still have a lot of different things. Uh, but one thing I'm excited about you're not gonna is selling English mild sitting on the shelf next to uh right. hop slam or whatever the current popular thing is. I don't, yeah. I don't even know anymore. Do they still make hop slam? <laughs> I think they're canning it now. So that's, that's a whole other thing. But uh, I think one of the things I'm excited about, at least with Hamilton is we've never, we never get a chance to can our loggers or the Kolsch. It's, you know, it, it goes so fast in the tap room, we can barely keep up with it here. We don't have enough tanks. So I'm really excited about, you know, just having that as kind of your everyday beer um, that we can offer to the public. I think we've got a lot of great kind of those everyday beers that right. nobody's really had unless you've come into the tap room. So, yeah, we kind of, we kind of look at the board, you know, again, we got 20 spaces on the board kind of thing that we typically work through. And it's, we kind of look at it like a portfolio and it's kind of like you, is you there know, a mathematical breakdown there of we need to have this percentage of, uh, the, I the wouldn't say we take IPAs it down or, to, a, you know, well, maybe Kelly does, but I, I don't take it down to algorithms. <laughs> now we have supercomputers. Yeah. No, but, but I mean, we do kind of look at it and it's like, you know, we look across the board, across all of those things from, you know, a range of styles, a range of kind of levels of ABV light to dark, you know, all of those kind of things. Do we have a couple of those kind of crazy ones on the menu at all times kind of thing, you know, or the things that are really pushing sours, you know, that, that sort of thing. So, I mean, we really try to keep a little bit of everything so that anybody who walks in here, they should be able to find something that they like, even if they're just a straight up kind of just lager, light lager drinker kind of thing. The thing I find interesting is, you know, a lot of times there's people that come in here like, I don't like any kind of beer, you know, and then you know, our, right. our beer tenders are awesome and they, they'll go, we'll just try this, you know, and all of a sudden you've got people going, wow, I never knew a beer could taste like that. So again, I think it's just making sure you've got a little bit of everything for everyone. But there are so many places that say that. And, uh, over time that kind of drifts away from that. And, and there are some places that, that own up to it. Urban Artifact is a great example of like, yeah, if, I mean, if you, if you don't like sour beer, you <laughs> may not love this. <laughs> like, and they, they own that, but everybody else is like, Oh no, we have something for everybody. We're going to make everybody happy. And a lot of them don't really have something for everybody. If you walk into some of these places and you love English mild and that's what you want, you're not going to find one. You're not going to find some of those traditional styles. And uh, you guys do, and you have the whole time. And I, I just keep waiting for that, that shoe to drop and be like, oh, never mind. You know, nobody cares about English mild anymore. Well, and, and I think that that's kind of where I think Hamilton kind of comes into play for us is, as Kelly said, we're, we're looking to expand so that we can continue to kind of scale up some of those things and get some of the more popular ones. But it also allows us to kind of still even here have that playground of, of, right. of being able to do that. So I think... I don't, I don't know if any of us would be happy if this all of a sudden got down to the, oh my gosh, we're just pumping out the six flagships. There'd be, somebody, gets, there'd be some people who'd be happy about that. Well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, you're looking at two of them that I don't think would be happy about that. Yeah, but. as a brewer, I mean, the, the, the fun part for me is the creativity of a new recipe and right. just doing new stuff. I think once we're doing the same stuff all the time, I mean... I am not really interested in brewing those beer. I need I need something new. Just just the just got to be learning about you know just making new styles of beer and we we've talked I think probably off off the air definitely off the air because we haven't talked on the air for so long but kind of about how uh, you you aren't ever really satisfied with a recipe. You're always kind of no. poking at it and tweaking at it, even when it's even when it's bringing home GABF. <laughs> metals like you're still poking at it and still trying to improve it and i think that's um i think that's unique and i think it's, it's part of what makes you who you are as a brewer and kind of makes you fascinating to me and watch watching what you do with stuff yeah they, they keep coming out with these awesome new ingredients and then you have a almost flagship in place and then yeah, you know so you gotta you just gotta just give it a little, <laughs> little tweak. <laughs> I mean, that's to me that's that's part of what makes no, no, craft no, no. beer fun. Part of, part of what makes craft breweries fun is that, like, I 
not that I'm, you know, and this is not about you guys, but like when I walk into a brewery, I don't always expect the beer to be incredible. I, especially a new brewery, I walk in and I, I'm going to try what they have and, and watching it evolve and watching it change and watching it get better. That's probably, that's probably my favorite part. Like I love that. I love when I walk in and a place is just okay. And then I come in the next time and it's okay. And then I walk in and somebody, Oh, now, now it's good. And then watching that, that process, that's, that's the thing that kind of really ties me into these places. And um, again, not that I'm saying that about you guys. I think you were pretty, pretty damn good off the bat, but <laughs> you know, like it, uh, that's, that's not the case for, for every craft brewery. On that note, let's take a quick break. We got to thank the show sponsors, Manscaped.com. We love these guys. I hope you do too. Uh, roses are red, violets are blue. Our friends at Manscaped have a gift for you. Manscaped is now selling beard products. That's right. The leaders in grooming are revolutionizing the men's hygiene game once again with the new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger itself. This cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel with 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard. No more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. With this kit, it's never been easier to sculpt your precise look at any length, so make sure that you're looking extra lovely this Valentine's Day by using the Beard Hedger. And even better, save 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using the code GNOME. Listen, I know that it's a bit of a stereotype, and we probably shouldn't continue to uh, enforce that stereotype, uh, but people in the beer industry tend to have beards. There's a lot of beards going around, and you should be kind of trimming that and keeping it keeping it in check. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is with the Beard Hedger kit. Uh, you can get it at manscaped.com. Uh, I use it. Uh, I, I, I've been definitely playing around with it a lot, uh, trimming my beard to all kinds of different lengths. So if you've seen me recently and I had a, uh, a very short facial hair, that's why. It's because I can't stop trying this thing out and trying to, uh, uh, trying to play around with it. So um, you should get it because it really does work. It's awesome. I love, 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 love the fact that you don't have those little guards that you have to keep attaching and taking off and figuring out which one you want to use. It's just got that wheel on it and you can just, you can adjust it on the fly and it, it, it really does kind of uh, streamline everything. It's, it's awesome. And you know what else is awesome? If you go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code GNOME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code GNOME. That is G-N-O-M-E. Spice up Valentine's Day this year with Manscaped's Beard Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 different lengths. It's kind of awesome. Back to the show. Um, let's, let's make a quick topic shift. Um mystery tap room three you guys you guys teased it uh what the hell's going on yeah i you know again i i think that it it was leaking out a little bit and you know truth be told maybe it was a little too premature but i would say that it's it's everything is is moving in that direction but i would say you know it's not a hundred percent solid deal at this point so we're we're still you know crossing t's dot and i's and that sort of thing but it is a, it was just a great opportunity that came up, you know, that we felt, you know, again, as we think about where we want to be and, and that sort of thing that, you know, it's, it's something that that's workable for us within the same time. Taproom only. This is not an, an additional production spot. It will be, um, a tap food, tap, taproom and food or no, just, no, just, it's, just it's actually, I would think of this as a little bit of it's, it call this maybe a third eye extension okay. kind of thing. And it's really, it's an opportunity to go to another area of town and at least, you know, that maybe hasn't had a chance to really experience too much of third eye and be able to kind of really, Ah. really. so, you know, I would almost call it kind of a third eye light, a beer garden, you know, we're kind of looking at at that sort of thing. So, so that's why it's, you guys dropping any hints of what part of town you're talking about. So I grew up on the East side. So we got, we got Sharonville. It's kind of North of Cincinnati. There's a lot of people from, East side that hasn't, you know, unless they're going to make the trek up here, haven't really right. had a chance to try a beer. Um, and then we're going into Hamilton, which is even further away. So uh, it, we're targeting kind of East side. Um, east side is, is, that's about as, <laughs> but yeah, we, 
what what is the uh, if this was happening in a couple of weeks we'd probably be able to give you more information so Sorry. we're not we're, we're, we're not trying to be like this on no, purpose no. <laughs> technically so i think i think this show will drop the very beginning of february i believe uh, let me look at the calendar here um yeah so uh the sonder episode about the tap house drops next monday the 30th this episode will be dropping on February 6th, if that changes okay. anything, but, okay. um, well, we, we can well, always come back and make another show too. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we'll definitely make sure to keep you, guys you in the, the ones that put it out on social media. I wouldn't ask the question. Yeah, I know, I know. I would, that was, I would only ask off would, the air sitting at the, at the bar, which I have a few times. Yes, I poke so. at different bartenders and just see what now, they say when they don't know. Who in I all am. fairness too, there was, there's, you know, we, we, we don't want to grow too fast. But we're also, we don't shy away from, if there's a great opportunity that comes up, you know, we're obviously going to look at it. So right. if it makes sense. So this, this kind of fits in that category of kind of like, you know, we're, we're fully focused on, on Hamilton, but this is also another opportunity that we're like, yeah, this makes sense. Hamilton is a big, 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 big project. Yeah. I get the impression that this is not a, no. not a project of that scale. It's a, uh, and, and not that that's a bad thing. Um, I would think about it more like, you know, this is kind of, okay, this, we're sitting in Cherville. This is kind of the OG, right? And then you're going to go, we're going a little larger kind of when we go to, to, to Hamilton. And then I would say the, on the East side, we're going to go a little smaller. So right. it's just kind of, you know, it's, it's more of a, a, a taste of third eye. I guess. It'll be interesting to see in the different locations to how that, uh, what demand for different beers kind of pop up if it does. I mean, I know that there are probably some stereotypes out there about different parts of town and what kinds of beers they drink or don't drink. And I don't know how true that actually is, but uh, um, it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like, I like data. I like seeing things as they come in and try to analyze it and figure out what it means about things. And um, I would, I would love to see the data as that comes in. <laughs> Us too. <laughs> um, what gets you excited right now about craft beer? You guys are in the middle of kind of a, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of chaos as a business trying to kind of uh, expand and kind of grow into the stuff without letting this fall apart and become something else. And um, craft beer is very much in that same kind of state right now of, of chaos of trying to figure itself out. And uh, what, what makes you feel good about craft beer? What makes you maybe a little nervous about craft beer? Or is there something that makes you nervous? That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think the old adage, uh, you know, the neighborhood brewery still holds up. Um, I think we're getting a little further past that now with, with uh, Hamilton and having capacity to reach Ooh. outside the neighborhood. If I can interrupt you for one second. Uh, I feel like Hamilton is going to be more of a neighborhood brewery than Sharon Villas. And I'm, I was put that out there. Yeah, we, um, I, I really think that it's going to be just, I, I love the space when, when I'm in there, I just, it's, it's a cool building. It's a cool building. Uh, even to brew there, there's, there's some neat architecture. It, it's got a really just good feel about it. Um, I think it's going to be one of those spaces uh, it's going to be great to, you know, host, I think there's going to be a lot of families just going there, you know, you got the spooky nook and all those families in town for oh, yeah. a sporting event. I have a feeling it's just going to be a big kind of family type atmosphere. Um, so I, th I think it's going to be an energetic kind of fun. I think it's going to be really neat. I'm really looking forward to, um, not only brewing there, but just seeing, you know, and getting to meet a whole nother neighborhood of people too. So it's exciting. What about just craft beer in general though? Like, you know, we look at, you know, seltzer, we can't ignore that it's a thing, you know, the, the, uh, the RTD kind of stuff. We can't ignore that that stuff is a big part of, of quote unquote, the craft beer industry now. Like it's, it is, uh, do you feel the same way about craft beer as you did, you know, when we, when we sat down last time for a show in 2017, do we, do you feel the same way about it as you did, you know, 10 years before that? I, I think I do. Um, it's, I, I definitely do. It's, it's, I think you just have a lot more challenges. So, you know, you got the non-alcoholic beers. Now you got to figure yeah. out those, you got to figure out the RTDs, you got to figure out the seltzers, but it's also part of the fun and challenge of just figuring stuff out. So, 
I'm looking forward to the challenge of figuring things out. Uh, you know, we might go down some of those routes, as you know. Um, but, uh, and then also just tweaking beers. You know, that's what I like to do is take a, take a beer and just keep making it better, keep making it better. So that, that still gets me excited. Uh, that still gets me up in the morning. Yeah. Well, I think if I look at just craft beer, and especially in this town, right? I mean, there's so much good beer in this town. And I think that there's room, at least at this point still, for for more more people to even come into this. I mean, I think about the Portlands of the world, you know, I mean, you know, per capita, I don't even know what the numbers are, but it's like, but what it does is I think it actually, it raises the bar for everybody and everybody's trying to, you know, figure out how to innovate and do different things in this space. And we all feed off of each other, which is actually great. And it's, it's, it's really great for, you know, the, the beer and craft, craft beer and beverage yeah. crowd in this town to, to know that, you know, they're, they're kind of in a really good spot, you know, and we're all, we're all working to, to make it better. So you guys both feel good about craft beer right now. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah. <laughs> like, I like that. We <laughs> just invested a lot of money. So yeah, I, think, I, mean, uh, but I hope so. Otherwise we really screwed up. <laughs> but I, but I, I talked to so many people that like, even people that are kind of doing that same thing and like still trying to grow these businesses and trying to turn in something and you talk to them and they're like, ah, I, don't, I just, I don't know. You know, it's, it's our seltzer, man. We got to, we got to do the seltzer. We got to do this. We got to know. Like, oh. like that's, that's where your mind is right now. Like that's what it, 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 it uh, I, I look at it a little differently. Again, I, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, I like just new challenges. I like us to figure out some things. I mean, I will say from a seltzer standpoint, when we got into that game, I was always doing a lot of experimentation around seltzer. I know that was maybe not kind of everybody's top of mind kind of thing, but that's well, important. But, though. But, I but, get it. but it is. And I, and yeah. I will say that, you know, Kelly and I worked together on a couple of things and, you know, I think, you know, we, we kind of got into there and I mean, we don't do a ton of seltzers, but the ones that we do, people love them. I mean, they're, right. they're really good. And it's like, and, and it's like, okay, great. How do we expand upon that? What's, what's the next level? You know, what, what do we got? And so to me, it's, it's not necessarily all about, you know, it's gotta be about the beer and it's gotta be, you know, everything like this is, it's, it's a craft beverage industry kind of thing. Sure. And what can we do with it? And I, I don't feel like we need to do all those other things to be successful, you know, in today's craft beer market. I think, you know, if we wanted to just stick to beer, I think, I think that's still a viable, uh, business, you know, way to go. Uh, but, you know, I think it's just fun just on the creative side to, you know, kind of explore some of those other areas and. Well, I, I just wrapped up a show from real time last week from when you guys are listening to this a couple of weeks ago at Rheingeist. And we talked a little bit, I don't know if it was on the air or off the air, just kind of about their, their dive into seltzer or not seltzer. They don't do seltzers. They do these uh, RG Bevs <laughs> and how long they waited before they kind of really started to push into that. And it's considering they are the biggest actual Cincinnati brewery, the biggest local Cincinnati brewery, uh, the second biggest brewery in Ohio, uh, that it took them that long to kind of, you know, commit to it and be like, this is how we want to do it. This is, you know, we we're still a brewery and, and like that, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to, to do as a, as a big brewery to say, you know what, we see this happening around us. We know that people are buying this stuff. We know that everybody that's in this tap room right now would drink this, but we got to do it our way. And we got to figure out how to make it in a way that makes us feel right about it. Um, that makes me feel good still, but uh, sometimes I see things out there on the market and I'm like, Oh, that makes me feel bad. <laughs> There's some things out there. Uh, what about uh, kind of uh, looking at the, the the Cincinnati beer scene, the um, this this community? Uh, you guys feel as good about it as you did when you started? Uh, do you feel like it's growing in the right way? Do you feel like the the community is still there? Do you think that um, we're drifting away from that? Opinions, thoughts? I, I'd say that the community's definitely there. The industry, I mean, just the you know, the, the camaraderie, the, the friendships, you know, I, I think they're, that, that part is long lasting. That'll never change. I think there's some really deep bonds in the craft, um, industry here in Cincinnati that, uh, you know, you, you know, you're at a festival 
in the summertime, it seems like every weekend. So you really get to know all these yeah. different businesses. I mean, we're con- I'm in constant contact with a bunch of different breweries every week, just trying to get the ingredients we need, helping somebody get something or somebody's helping me get something. Um, and it, it's, it's amazing. It, uh, you know, you, I think that kind of right, right before COVID, I think that there started to be this feeling that that was kind of shifting and that things were, and maybe this was just the feeling just from talking to people that were starting to get jaded from, from kind of the day-to-day chaos of, of the business, but uh, it, it felt like it was shifting. And then I, I, I feel like COVID kind of smacked people upside the head the right way and kind of got people to kind of straighten themselves out and remember kind of what this was all about and uh, uh, snap back into it a little bit. Maybe that's maybe my perspective. I, I always feel like, you know, especially in an industry like this, that, you know, all boats rise. So, you know, you, you need to work together. You need to figure out it's competitive. Of course. I mean, it's not all, you know, I mean, we're all, we're all trying to do our thing, but we're going to get there all better together than we are. If we, if everybody tries to, to go it alone. And I think that's right. important. Um, going forward, how do you, uh, how do you, I mean, we talked a little bit kind of about, uh, the, the, the RTDs and all that stuff. Do you think that craft beer, um, is, is, I don't know how to word this. Not that it's in there for the long haul, obviously craft beer or beer will always be around. It's not going away, but, um, do you think that the people that, uh, maybe are drinking some of those RTDs or seltzers, were some of the people that were drinking craft beer? Do you think that we're we're in for kind of a, a a hard little little bump here of people that are kind of drifting away from it for a little bit? Or any any again? There's probably a question there somewhere. Yeah, it's it's a great question there. Um, it, it's a it's a you know, at least tell me that people don't drink beer the, anymore. And I just, I can't, the, I can't wrap my head around that. I, I mean, we're, we're not seeing that, I guess is, is kind of what I'm seeing. It's yeah. I mean, we, you know, there are, there is trends where, you know, the seltzers, RTD markets cutting into kind of the craft market, especially, you know, spirits and, you know, bourbons just gotten ridiculously big. Uh, so there's other areas that have, you know, gotten bigger but we we haven't on our side i mean we've seen strong demand for craft beer so we haven't you know um is it cutting in maybe but we're, there's still a lot of demand out there so but is it cutting it in is it cutting in like in a different kind of part of the market is it cut like less from places like third eye or other local spots is it cutting in to maybe you know the the Sam Adams market or the Sierra Nevadas or some of the, like, like, where is it, where is it cutting and where is it not? And like, I just, I can't get a good feeling on it. Like I, I feel like breweries are, are, are still, most of them are still, especially here in town are, are doing just as good as they, they were before, if not better. Most of them seem like they're, uh, growing. Um, <laughs> you talk to some of them and I don't, I don't know how many of them are being honest when you talk to them about their growth, but <laughs> you know, like it just seems like we're still on this track to, to keep going in the right way. And, uh, but you, you talk to the experts and they just, Nope, no, that's wrong. No, no craft beer is a decline. Nobody, nobody wants craft beer anymore. And like, I just, I can't, can't understand what's real and what's not. Yeah, I mean, statistically, I think it has gone down. Uh, you know, COVID, COVID kind of was more like everybody's drinking a little healthier or, you know, they, I don't know what's not so healthy about beer. You know, we got, we got barley, we got hops, you know, we got water. Like Sounds what's more healthy? healthy? <laughs> what, what beats that? I don't know. But, uh, it's a, it, when, and even that though, too, like, I feel like there's so many people that like, uh, you know, trying to understand, you know, why people drink some of the things they do. Are they doing it for uh, the health side of things? Are they doing it because of, you know, low alcohol? They're afraid they're going to get, you know, fat or something. I, I, just, I can't, I can't understand anything anymore. <laughs> if, if you guys were starting a brewery today, just from scratch, none of this existed. If you were just, just going today and, 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 and rolling at things, uh, what would it look like? I don't think we'd change anything. I think we'd do exactly what we've been doing. Um, I mean, 
you wouldn't have a little more room on the back to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we, well, would, we would have a little well. more storage, and our office right. wouldn't be a closet. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But yeah. As, yeah. But as far as the beer, you wouldn't do anything differently. <laughs> I, I I think that this uh, and and this is true for a lot of places. I look at what they're doing here in Cincinnati and I look at what you guys are doing here in Cincinnati. And like, I just, I, I, I feel like we're, I feel like we're on this, this really great track to, to, if we haven't already turned the city into something really, really incredible. And I don't know why the rest of the world doesn't see it yet. <laughs> I, I think we are getting some of that. I mean, we, I, I do see that people, you know, it was funny. I was sitting here yesterday and there were some people from, I, I, I think it was like Virginia or something like that, but they were, they came here for a weekend just to, you know, basically brewery hop right. in Cincinnati, you know, and they were talking about, you know, just different places they've been to and that sort of thing. And it's, you know, I, I think it is becoming a destination, but I feel like it's a little bit like everything with Cincinnati. It always happens just a little slower. It takes, sure. it takes a little while for it to kind of kick in. And right. so, but, but I, I personally, I feel like I see it, you know, it, it's, it's alive and well, and I think continuing to grow. Uh, let's talk about the metals a little bit, because I know that there are some brewers out there uh, that kind of shun the idea of uh, competitions and awards. And um, it's a, it's a, it's a strange thing. And um, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we talked about this uh, when I was at Brink last time sitting down with Andy and kind of what awards mean to a brewery or do they mean anything? And, uh, this kind of philosophical side of stuff. And, uh, when, when you have a city like Cincinnati that keeps growing and people come to the city because, Oh, Cincinnati's a beer city. And now all of a sudden you have to be one of those places that they want to stop at when they're making their rounds within that, uh, do awards become more important in that? Are they important to you as a brewer to kind of let you know that you're doing something right or wrong or how it's, uh, how it's progressing along your, uh, your path to make it just better every time. Uh, talk, talk about awards a little bit. Awards were really important to me starting out, um, as a home brewer because I was my, absolute dream was to open up a brewery someday and be the brewer at that brewery. And I had no idea how I was going to get there, but I figured only plan I had was if I won a bunch of homebrew awards, maybe someone would take notice. (laughs) Maybe I could get some investors involved. Maybe I could open up a brewery. So, um, I entered in, I entered a lot of contests and that's eventually what happened. There was a contest in California uh, that Rogue sponsored and the winner got to brew their homebrew recipe at Rogue and you got to hang out with Rogue the whole week. They had bed and breakfast all across the state. They got the farm. We ended up, uh, my brother-in-law and I, we won the whole dang thing and we won other gold medals uh, as part of it too. Uh, But once we won that, uh, it was, that's how Brink was basically formed was all right, you know, this is a legitimate possible business thing here. Um, So metals for me was my gateway in. Um, But then I had all that experience with metals from the homebrew world that uh, I was like, well, let's just see if we can take this one step further. My ultimate dream in brewing was just to win one Great American Beer Fest medal in my lifetime. Just one. That's all I wanted. we, Set your goals higher. <laughs> <laughs> we, it was the English mild. Uh, six months into Brink, we, we got the you know the Great American Beer Fest medal, and then my ultimate goal was always to be Brewery of the Year. And then after doing that twice, uh, the the medals to me aren't as important now. I feel like it's I've gone through. You know, they, I've, I don't know where else to take that part of it, I guess. Right. Uh, I've just really been concentrating on taking the beers and just really just, you know, anything I can do to make them better, always trying to make the beer better and just pushing the beer further. And also, you know, I've, I've released some of my best recipes 
and magazines so that hopefully somebody else takes those recipes further. So just kind of. Is, is there a part of that that becomes kind of a, a letdown though too? Like you, once you, once you win a gold medal or multiple gold medals or you hit brewer of the year, like things like that, like is it, that, that what's next thing you start to lose that. And then it's like, how do you, how do you kind of steer yourself as, as far as like a goal that you're shooting for? You know, I think the, it's always been the passion around beer. I've always enjoyed brewing beer. I mean, I, I tried to unsuccessfully drop out of college uh, in the nineties and go, you know, straight to brewing school. My parents were like, no, you're going to ask how you unsuccessfully dropped out. Like, <laughs> it seems pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> so it, it took me 20 Stop years going. of, you know, brewing in the garage and kitchen and uh, to, to, to get here. And, uh, I think just, I, I never really liked any of my day jobs. I never, this is the only thing I really feel, I just, this is, you know, I've accomplished what I've wanted to accomplish, but this is, this is what I like to do. This is, this is, I can't, I just can't imagine doing anything else. This right. is, you know, the, the crop camaraderie of all the other breweries in town and the friendships that have been made and, uh, you know, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. <laughs> I don't think anybody that's a craft beer drinker in Cincinnati would disagree with this is the right spot for you. Uh, I just it's uh, as a as somebody in the creative field, like I there's so much about what I do that like you create something and you put it out there and then you're almost like so separated from that trying to make it better and get to the next thing. And what happens when they're isn't a next thing. And I, I don't know that, that that is possible that there isn't a next thing, but when, when awards become so much of a part of that, it becomes the thing to, yeah. to a lot of people. I, I think it was fun. So, you know, third eye, there's, there's no duplicate recipe from Brinks. They're all, and, and then it's part of my fun coming up with new recipes, but, um, uh, Tom Collins, business partner over there. You know, we we have the the Maya Foundation that we're closely involved in. Um, you know, I I wanted to do a beer, and I wanted the Maya beer to that's our higher purpose. Right. Uh, so I came up with a new recipe for milk stop for that, and I really wanted to do well. And so we did. We ended up getting the gold our our first year for that with a new recipe. And I was I was that was something that you know that excited me. Uh, and, uh, I think we, you know, that's kind of our charity beer too. A little bit of that goes to the Maya foundation. Right. And, uh, so, you know, I, I might have to get a little bit more creative of, but, you know, I think, uh, given that, that beer gold, that that's exciting to me. So, right. And I think there's always, there's always something that can, uh, be that next thing that kind of gets that spark going. And, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, the, as a creative, like I just, I, I you're always shooting for something. And, and like I, I, I think, um, you know, with Hamilton, you know, I've always worked on single kind of infusion mash systems and to be able to work with steam and be able to do step mashing and, you know, have multiple vessels. And I think I'm going to be able to what, do, what kind of brew house are you guys going to have there? I don't, we haven't really talked about that a whole lot. It's pretty much, uh, it's a, it's a 30 barrel alpha. It's sort of similar to what I had at Brink, uh, but it's steam so that we, you know, we can ramp up the temperatures and we can do some more traditional German stuff. Gotcha. And now that lagers are getting hot and, uh, really starting to enjoy brewing those, uh, we're going to be able to do those beers at a, I think at a very high level. So I'm, I'm really excited about working with that system and, you know, hopefully getting those in cans and, Oh, seen what other people love to think. see in cans. <laughs> love to love, love to see more of some of those, those other styles in cans. Um, what, what do you guys want people to know about uh, third eye that you think that they don't currently know? Or is there anything? Do you think wow. they, they, they know it all? I mean, they don't know it all. They're all still chomping at the bit about this mystery third location, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll let that one slide. He's sad. <laughs> I don't know. You got any thoughts? I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I, 
I really think, you know, just being here north, a lot of people haven't really had us. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited just for a whole new, you know, if we... bit more exposure, I think, you know, yeah. to, to areas of town that maybe have not either experienced us or aren't really that familiar with us. So I think that's... For us, we'd like to just make sure people start to, to realize we're here and we're, we're excited to keep doing what we're doing. <laughs> I, I forget about that so often. Like I'll, I'll talk to somebody and they're like, they've heard of third eye. They've probably had the beer. They've, you know, grabbed on a tap somewhere and then like, Oh, you know, have you been there? Like, uh, no, not yet. You know, we just got this going on. And like, oh, seriously? Like, <laughs> like, we don't get in brew. Like, Oh yeah, I've never been there. I never even heard of them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, how is all of this still possible? That like, there's, there's still people like within like a very small bubble of this place that just haven't been here yeah. because there's other stuff going on. And, um, I think, um, as you guys keep growing, uh, that becomes less and less of a, a thing. And it's, it's going to be exciting to see how the world grows around you, you know, as, as, as you guys settle into who you are and, um, make your mark on Cincinnati beer, uh, watching how that influences other places is the, one of the most fun parts to me. You see new places open that have things that inspire them about this, be it, uh, you know, the way you guys split up a, a tap list or, you know, you know, there's, there's lots of things that, you know, and you see people opening you're like, Oh, that's really cool. And, uh, yeah. We, we really like third eye. That was, that was our spot. And you know, this is what we're going to do. And I'm like, Oh yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, it's exciting. I like watching you guys grow. I'm excited for what's uh, what's coming down the line, especially as uh, somebody that lives in uh, Butler County. Um, I've, I, I love getting you guys out there by us, and I'm sure that there are a lot of people east that are uh, excited. <laughs> <laughs> There's now you're gonna have people all over that side. They're like, oh, please be here, please be here. Well, well like you said, I, you know, I new development or existing development. Existing development. Okay. All so right. that's why that one's going to be a little bit more probably turnkey and, and that sort of thing. So it should be good. But yeah, I, I think all of us as, you know, the, the partners involved with this, we all got into this really for the passion for it. This was not, you know, we right. obviously want to create a successful business. But I think from the very beginning, we always talked about it and said, look, you know, we, we want to grow. We want to, we want to have a successful business. But we got to have fun doing this because quite frankly, most of us are too old to like, like <laughs> this is, this is like our time to really enjoy it. And I right. think that we all kind of have that spirit. And I think you see it even like the staff kind of sees it and they see kind of where we're at on this sort of thing. And it's, you know, I, I think we've got just a really great culture of people and we're very blessed with that. I mean, anything from the front of the house to the brew house to, you know, the kitchen, I think we're, I mean, we, we've got a great, great team. And I think, you know, we want to just continue to do that regardless of how bigger, you know, where we go. What does a successful business mean to you? I know that's probably way too big of a question for the end of the show, but what, what does that, that, that term mean? What's, what's the measure of success? <laughs> All right. It's going to sound cheesy from my, my standpoint, but part of it is a bit of, happiness. I mean, to be quite that's, honest, I it's cheesy at I all. Mean, I think <laughs> I mean, I, you know, this is, this is something I've always dreamed of doing and I've always, you know, been doing, you know, other things, you know, to pay the bills and do that sort of thing. And, you know, this is, this doesn't feel like work to me. And that's right. kind of what, for me, it's a measure of just happiness and living my life. I mean, that's why we kind of say live life, do good, drink beer. I mean, it's on the wall right there. Right. And it's, it's true for me. It's, it's, it's about living life. And, you know, to me, we, you know, part of that means the business has to be successful because otherwise life gets a little stressful. <laughs> so, so, so that's, I understand that. that exactly. <laughs> so, so it has to be successful, but I think going into it with, you know, that goal in mind kind of breeds a certain type of culture sure. and breeds. And, and again, I mean, we are so blessed with that. I mean, Kelly, I mean, you couldn't ask for more obviously. Sure. So, you know, we just, I think everyone's in the right mindset to continue to just take this wherever it's going to take us. I mean, really. So. Well, I think that's a great answer. Uh, is there something for you that's the measure of success? <sighs> Good question, but I do want to give a shout out because we have such a phenomenal brew team. And right. I, I feel like I 
kind of hog some of the credit here sometimes. But <laughs> well, well that's, that's uh, a good point. Like you are kind of like this, not, uh, this, this big name kind of behind things. And like, you're not the only one just back there just making all the beer. Yeah, no, we, we have a absolute fantastic team. Uh, Thomas Argo, you just call him Argo here. Uh, and then uh, we got a new addition, Andrew Moore. And th- those guys are killing it. I mean, they're, they're absolutely, uh, they're making me look good. I can sit back a little bit. Those guys are doing great. So, um, well, thank you, fellas. You guys are all doing an incredible job here. And if the measure of success is happiness, uh, I'm happy. And you guys, you guys have done something right. <laughs> I know you probably weren't worried about my happiness, but <laughs> we're always worried about your happiness. <laughs> Man, I, I love this place. If you haven't been here, get here. Uh, just to get, get just, There'll be a link. You can just click on it and you'll see right where they are if you don't already know where Third Eye is. But just come here, drink the beer, and and be happy with us. Um, uh, Follow, subscribe. You guys know how to do all this podcast stuff, right? Share with your friends. Uh, Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensi Craft.